0: Good morning, everybody. Yes, we're back. I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida.
2: I am Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for October 6th, episode 2782. Good morning, horse people.
1: Hey, you made it to Wednesday. Only three days left till a weekend full of horsey fun. Lucky for you, you have Jamie and Glenn to get you through on Horses in the Morning.
0: Well, the war continues in the horse world. Did you know there was a war going on in the horse world? There's probably many. I mean, I feel like there's always some sort of war <laughs> yeah. going on in the horse world. I think the biggest money war going on in the horse world right now is with the World Equestrian Center in Ocala, Florida. So uh, most of you who listen to the show for a long time knows that uh, pretty much the World Equestrian Center was announced on our show by Robbie Roberts, what, about four years ago? We had him on, and he's the guy who built it and spent his billion dollars on the World Equestrian Center in Ocala. And pretty much ever since it was opened, they've been in a war with the USEF to get dates for... Which he
2: knew was going to happen.
0: Not to this extent. I don't think he did. (laughs) Uh, He knew it was going to happen, but I don't think he thought that he would be rejected for every sport out there. So... What happened last year? We've covered it on this show. Is that the winter dates for Hunter Jumper shows were were declined uh, because of mileage rules being too close to hits and all the politics that goes along with that? So that was one thing. Well, he went and bought the Ocala Jockey Club. And Jamie, what happens at the Ojo- uh, Ocala Jockey Club?
2: Um, horse races, Eventing. and sales.
0: No nope. eventing. Eventing. The four star event happened here oh, really? every fall. So he went and bought it when it went up for sale so it wouldn't get turned into housing and that he could continue it as a horse property and run events there. Well, it was just announced yesterday that the World Equestrian Center in Florida had applications for national and international dressage and eventing competitions in 2022 rejected by the United States Equestrian Federation. No way. Everything he applied for got rejected.
2: You know, they're not hurting... Anybody, but the people who want to participate in these things.
0: Exactly. It's, it's hurting the members. The, the, and we're not talking, forget the 1% that competes at the top level. Forget them. 99% compete at the middle to lower levels, right? In all of these sports. And we're, we're punishing them. And this has everything to do with Wellington. This has yeah. everything to do with Wellington. Uh, you know, but Wellington doesn't do events. So I don't even get that. Uh, I don't know where the dressage thing comes from. There's no dressage competitions in Ocala. So now they can't complain. They can't say that it's a mileage thing. It's four hour drive between here and Wellington. So there's nothing yeah. in the winter here. It's basically a pissing match between these two and, and whoever is backing the USEF with lots of money. And I just said backing. You notice I just said that. I didn't say anything else. I just said backing. There's something going on that we're not seeing here. Now, Piper over on the podcast has covered this extensively. She's
2: going to get to the bottom <laughs> of this. She's a sleuth.
0: I just talked to her this morning on Facebook, and uh, she didn't really t- say much. So that means she's up to something. So I can't wait to see what she's up to next. This is ridiculous. You know, I posted this in the auditor room this morning, and the, there's a lot of comments. And basically the comments are, this is just hurting me as the average person who wants to compete. You know, it's just hurting me. Yeah, and now they're going to have shows there because the Western world is descending on it in force. You know, they're gonna have shows there, they're gonna have all co- their dog competitions. They built the place to have everything. Uh, high school volleyball tor- tournaments are coming in there. So, I mean, he's gonna do a little bit of everything and he's not gonna lose money, he's gonna make money on it. It's just this, this pissing match between the two of them is incredible.
2: That's amazing. I don't, I, mean, I don't get it. Uh, again, it doesn't
0: help our sport. It just doesn't help, you know. We have enough challenges in, in the horse world right now uh, with everything that's going on. And if you pay any attention to the news, you see the hundred things that are going on that we don't talk about here in the show because they're all negative. A- and then we've got this—that's <laughs> like that's crazy. Uh, billionaires fighting is basically what it comes down to. <sighs> I need to take a deep breath.
2: I mean, come on. But, but we still haven't done daily winnies. We haven't. Did, you okay. just jumped right, all right into hold the it, anger. Hold it.
0: I got. I have a cleanser before the show. Because I need a cleanser right now. This was posted on Facebook and uh, Instagram, I believe, and it's a little girl who is going on a cross-country ride, and this is what she, how she talks to her horse the whole time. This will cleanse
1: helmet cam, yeah,
0: yeah. This will cleanse anybody's soul. Take a listen.
1: This one, I know it's a pheasant feeder, so it looks a bit weird, but it's actually really, really easy. Just like pop over it. It's no props. Oh, what a good pony, yes, very nice. It's very good. See, it's a piece of cake, Far. No problems. Oh, fun through the woods, huh? Isn't this fun, huh? Yeah, oh, keep going. Oh, what a good pony, yes, see? These are pieces of cake. This is kind of like a ship, huh? Oh, we're in the submarine. <laughs> I don't want to be in a submarine. <laughs> It's too, too deep for me. (laughs) Good girl, good girl. Oh, this is like a rampy roll toppy thing. No probs here. Good girl. Oh, you like the water. This one's fun. Oh, and then we get to do a ditch, your favorite. (laughs) Yeah, let's go through the water. Getting nice, cooled off. Yeah. (laughs) Smashing me, (laughs) Phil.
0: Do you love that kid or what? How
2: precious <laughs> is she? That's a real thing. Like, that was a real helmet yep. kid because I've heard about it, but I haven't actually seen it.
0: And It's a little black pony, and uh, the black pony never even fal- faltered at anything. Just a trooper. It's just crazy how how cute she is. <laughs> I don't oh. want to go in a submarine. <laughs>
2: so, you, sometimes you just got to <laughs> keep talking. Just keep talking.
0: I love how she also uh, made herself laugh. Yeah, <laughs> I love, yeah. That. <laughs> I love <laughs> oh, that. That'll cleanse your soul right there. So, anytime we're having one of those days, we're ranting about something. We'll just play that, you know, it'll just take yeah, us back. Just play that. Our Black Reigns guest today is Noel King, founder and president of Judge My Ride and Style My Ride. The Purina Equine Senior Health segment is from Australia, and it's how they're using fungus to control internal parasites and some other weird news. I mean, that's kind of weird in itself, but uh, there's there's other weird news too. Plus, we're going to have an uh, auditor post show for the auditors, and we're basically doing the question first world problems we didn't get to on Monday. So maybe the adult version of those. So we have a lot of birthdays. Let me take a deep breath. Uh, appa- well, first before we get started, I got called in the carpet again.
2: Yes, you're a failure. Apparently,
0: I miss Casey Burgers, and she s- insists I miss it every year, which probably means she doesn't have her. Birthday on Facebook. I don't know. Uh, But Casey, happy birthday. I apologize for missing you every year, apparently, since we started. So, um, let's not miss these. Linda Kropp. It uh, doesn't
2: mean we love you less. It means you're special, because then you get to call them out, and you get this special attention. Every year, apparently. Every year.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then, we don't want to miss these people, because I'll get called out again. Linda Kropp, Linda Alvey, Lorraine Peachy, Lorna Bannon, Felicia Pandorf. A Starbright Cinema. Jess Seaver, Elizabeth Fry, and Mandy Flanders. Happy birthday to all of you. And There's I do
2: apologize to all of you that he
0: mispronounced you. I think I got pretty good today, actually. Uh, there were easy ones. New auditors. We've had some new auditors since we spoke last, Two: Deborah Pepin and Stephanie Feek. Uh, we welcome both of you. If you aren't on the auditor page, search for HRN auditors and ask to join. Also, two people raised their pledges, Hannah Reeves and Joy Dorsch. Thank you for doing that. We appreciate it.
2: I need you to go to the auditor list because I don't, I can't read his last name and it's an auditor named Thomas and he's from Michigan and Thomas. Oh my gosh. He sent me a package. I get this box in the mail and it's from a UPS store in Michigan. You know, so I open it up and there are three letters, one for me, one for Lucas and one for Chad. And there are three different things for each One of us in the family. And so uh, Thomas was kind of... Talked to me a little bit about his horses. He he hand-wrote me a three-page letter, Glenn. Hand-wrote on paper with a pen. a, A letter. And went through and told me about his horses and his wife and some things they're doing and sent me, um, I guess he, he had done some, a clinic and has a zip drive of it and so he sent me the zip drive. I haven't been able to watch it yet because I just got all these things last night. Anyway, he sent me a present. He sent uh, What what is awesome is he sent Chad a bunch of recipes so Chad better get cooking because
0: <laughs> <no.
2: laughs> I do all that around here so he needs to, I was like a, like a nudge nudge. Wait, isn't it you know?
0: amazing how we always assume that you horsewomen don't cook.
2: Yeah, no, yeah. I do cook. I am the cook in the house. Like, like if you want breakfast at any time of day, that Chad's your guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I do the good, so. But he sent me some like Michigan beans and some really nice things. But what he sent my son, it might be the coolest thing. And I'm not going to read the letter because it it gets a little personal. But basically he asked Lucas to be the caretaker of an artifact from an F-16 fighter jet. And he sends, Hey Chad, what's that thing on F 16 called? <laughs> an AOA vein angle of attack vein, AOA vein. I mean, duh, how did I not know that? So it's this triangular shaped thing, which uh, it looks like, and he's, it's a piece of an F-16 and Chad's like, how did he get a piece of an F-16 without being involved in a crash. Well, he sent a piece of paper that was the write-up of the, this accident, that crash that happened in a field in Michigan. And so basically Chad's reading it and translating it to me that there was a pilot who was flying and it had engine failure and he kept restarting, kept restarting, kept restarting, is up in the air, but when they are have to bring a, a plane down, Is this interesting to you, Glenn? Because it was fascinating.
0: Yes, and we met Thomas when we were in Michigan. He came down. He drove two hours to meet us.
2: Yeah, that guy. He's awesome. Okay, so apparently the F-16 was losing its engine, losing its engine, got restarted, couldn't keep started, and the pilot realizes he's got to take the the plane down. So what they do is they try to find a field, you know? And so apparently uh, this pilot found a farm field, and ejected out of the aircraft safely. The plane crashed in a farm field. And I guess there's pieces of this airplane. The The, the report goes on to say that a local farmer did take him to the fire department until <laughs> like, deliver him back to <laughs> society, I guess, the real world. Pretty
0: rural but up there in Michigan.
2: <laughs> what I want to know is, did Thomas actually find this piece of an F-16 himself, or did it give him a... Hit? Anyway, he said that it was a, it was a family artita- artifact, and he doesn't have kids, and so he wanted to pass it on to a, to a child that would uh, appreciate the treasure. And let me tell you something. It is completely appreciated, Thomas. And then he also sent me a notebook, said Lucas' notebook, to write stories about himself and then write stories about his parents and write everything down and he started writing in his journal last night thomas like he was serious and i, <laughs> I took a picture of the page one so i would like to post page one on our facebook page thomas Radio. is a super
0: nice guy that's neat that they did that that's very oh cool gosh, we have the coolest listeners so
2: touching really really kind and, and i really appreciate it and
0: there you very go very cool that's- Very cool. Well, we have, uh, uh, before we get to our first guest here in the health segment, we have two things we want to do for you. One is uh, we had a listener, an auditor, ask a question this morning that is right up your alley. She basically is looking at buying a five-year-old thoroughbred, uh, was retired about three weeks ago, and she wanted to know because she was told that the thoroughbred had been pin-fired. Uh, had the legs pin fired, and she said, "Should I buy a horse like that? Do you look at horses that have been pin fired, or are they totally off the off the the scope of things, or should I not even look at them?" So, what's your what's your? You've seen a hundred horses, I'm sure you've had pin fired. Oh my gosh!
2: You know, so, so one of the horses here, Dave, has been pin fired, and what pin firing looks like to the person on the outside is it looks like a bunch of white. Dots, and it's basically they burn the skin, and what it's supposed to do is cr- to create an inflammatory response for blood to come to that area and for blood flow to happen. Now, so Dave, who's here, is pin fired on the back of one of his hawks, and so when my vet was out, I said, "What is that? Why?" Because to be completely honest with you, I don't get it. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't seem like it would do anything but tarnish the like, like affect resale value. Like I know they've been doing it for years out. and
3: years, and, and years it is and years so and years archaic. Years.
2: Yeah. It is a very archaic. Used it not like this one. It looks like they do at least cold freezing now, but before it was literally firing. You know, I mean th- that was was really bad. It's been going on in the racetrack uh, world for years, and so when my vet was here, I said, "What is that?" What is like? why would they have done that on the back of his right hawk? And she said, you know, she explained that they basically burn it to create a response and to get blood flow of the area and all this. And I'm like, why don't you like, I don't know, massage it, you know, <laughs> do, do something to, to create a different, a better response of blood flow. Anyway, I said, so why on the back of the hawk there is that for hawk pain? She said, you know, honestly it's probably a branch of the suspensory that was messed up and to improve the blood flow to the top of that suspensory branch, they pin-fired it. And she's like, you know, what you would need to do is to ultrasound it or take an x-ray. And that's the only way you're going to know what is actually going on underneath the location of the pin-firing. They'll pin-fire a lot of racehorses in the front uh, cannon bones because what happens is a lot of times they get... In essence, shin splints, buck shins. And so they get a lot of compression on the front of their cannon bones. So they'll pain. That's where I've that seen area. it the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the most common. And so they do that to increase blood flow to the front of the horse's legs. I don't know. Maybe rest them. Maybe give them a break. Maybe don't run them at two. But you know what?
0: <clears throat> Carrying on. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that girl, girl again?
2: <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So, um. So, yes, you know, to be completely honest, Glenn, you know what we're going to do? Write this down. Send an email to your wife who books all the guests on the show. I want to talk about pin firing. I want to talk to a pin firing I think Dr.
0: Jones would probably be honestly answer that. Now, I know that own. doesn't
2: help you, Jessica, make a decision right now, but just know well, that... But maybe the, uh, the
0: x-rays have- or the, the ultrasound would be yeah. the advice there. Just
2: depending on where the location is. I'm trying to think of just the front legs were pin-fired after her two-year-old. So, yeah, probably those front legs. You know, to be honest, I don't think that... You know, if the x-rays came out clean, I don't think that it would be a problem for... What do you want to do? I mean, do? there's lots of I persons mean, that
0: have been pin fired, went on to do great things. So, if you I mean, want to yeah. fox
2: hunt with yeah. it I, and the x rays look good, psh, you'll be fine. If you're to resale as a, you know, A rated hunter, they probably would frown upon pin firing. Because you can actually
0: see it. I mean, you can see the yeah, marks. It's, yeah. They're
2: white dots. They're white dots. They're, yeah. They're like. All in a line. It's a very strange thing. If you're listening to us and you're like, what is pin firing on a
3: horse?
0: Google it and Mm -hmm. you'll see a lot of pictures. You can Google that when you won't get gross bugs coming out of the skin. So yeah, be very
2: specific. (laughs) Pin firing a horse's leg. (laughs) Write that down. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's, it's something that definitely, you know, it confuses me because I just don't see what the need is, but I have had a lot of horses that are pin fired come through here. So somebody still does it. And whoever that idiot is. We need to stop. Anyway, um, there's probably one guy <laughs> that travels around the country. He's the pinfire. He's like the only person left who does it. Um, but yeah, so I would say, you know, just check what's underneath the pin firing. And if it looks good, then, you know, move on. If it's, you know, it's not going to affect the resale value of a fox hunter because what affects the resale value of him is whether he killed everybody or not. Uh, <laughs> did he jump the things? Did he keep up with everybody? And he's good. You're fine.
0: All right. Let's cleanse. We need something funny on today's show because we haven't had anything funny. Are you ready? Take a deep breath. Get a drink, because I'm going to make you do a dramatic reading. There was something that was, yes, I've been, this has been requested on my private messages on Facebook about a hundred times. Listeners want to hear you do a dramatic reading. And it was a post that Linda did on the auditor room, and she says, it's not my story, she reposted it, but it's hilarious, and then uh, we'll... I can elaborate a little bit on what they're talking about in the story. It's down under the news section, if you scroll down, and it starts with what a good unicorn. And they want, I think you're reading this, it's Florida. Let's assume they have a Southern accent because I think that would be great for this.
2: Okay, so this is something that somebody posted that Linda shared with you and asked me to read in yes. a Southern accent. Yes. <clears throat> and you've had more than one person.
0: Oh, yes, because it's request. hilarious. It's, I and have it's a true story.
2: <laughs> okay. I have not read this. So I'm just going to read it as it comes to
0: me. Okay. I
1: have to cleanse. <clears throat>
2: Um, it's occurred to me that I have neglected to share a story from a few weeks ago. It's funny now. Not so funny at the time. Whilst riding my 3.5 year old unicorn stud colt on his ninth ride ever, alone out in the woods, a banana spider flopped onto his ears and then sprinted down his neck towards my crotch. (laughs) I immediately flung myself to the right with every ounce of my weight in the stirrup and violently flapped my reins to try to fend off this giant crotch crab. <laughs> but I ride treeless, so the <laughs> saddle suddenly slipped halfway over his back. The next few seconds were spent trying to scramble up the side of a horse and center my butt on rolled over saddle fenders, all while screaming. Not touching my colt's mane because that was now property of Her Majesty, Queen of the Arachnids. (laughs) After only a second or two of struggling and the spider still scurrying towards my groin, I decided that my only option was to throw away the whole horse. (laughs) Of course, he outweighs me, so the only rational option was to throw myself off the four-wheel spider mobile. I forgot, though, that I ride in an air vest. (laughs) So about about midway on my refugee flight over Denmark from Florida, that cord popped and the sudden inflation of the vest made me remember that I hadn't resized the vest since I had a double mastectomy and got implants four times bigger than my natural mosquito bites. (laughs)
0: Oh my God.
2: I can now vouch for both the structural integrity of my implants and my surgeon's ability to tie sutures that can hoist the HMS Titanic from its muddy grave. <laughs> I did not see it going there. I okay. did not see that. But in the commotion of screaming, flailing, slipping, and then flinging myself off the horse, the spider suddenly disappeared. As soon as my feet touched the ground, I ignored my terrorized colt, my mashed potato boobies, and my possibly crushed ribs. The bare priority was making sure the spider was not on me. <laughs> After pulling... <laughs> That's her problem. <laughs> After pulling out a wad of suspiciously suspiciously ticklish hair and beating myself about the head and shoulders and verifying that that tree tarantula was not climbing up my boots to lay eggs in my bungle. I was able to relax and reevaluate the situation. I had managed not to throw my reins away during the flailing contortion show I put on. Still attached to the end of my reins was my very confused and very, very worried stud colt. The saddle was slipped halfway around his barrel, and he was starting to sniff my emergency inflatable boob crushing device, which reminded me of the searing hot pain along my incision lines. I decided to try and take off the vest before I dropped an implant on the ground like a slippery mango. My poor horse was fine with the vest on, but when I took it off and I set it on the ground, still inflated, he thought it looked like a giant ground spider. We just established that death was better than being near spiders. And he started backing up and I clamped a death grip on the reins because it was five miles from home. And if he was going to hightail, the least he could do is drag my body back because I was not walking back but he quickly settled down and proved he was a better person than me by not abandoning his partner because of sudden (laughs) spider invasion. He even came up to sniff the now hissing ground spider vest as it leaked air. Eventually, after fixing the saddle and verifying that no spiders remained anywhere near or on us, I remounted and rode the rest of the way home without blinking my hawk eyes as I scanned every low-hanging limb for more tree terrors. If you're not familiar with Florida tree tarantulas, I've included a photo. This is a normal size for an adult banana spider in the late summer. They're all this big. You throw yourself off a moving unicorn, too. Bless my very saintly stud cult for being the sensible one of the two
0: of us. <laughs> very well read. Well done. Wow. Well-read and well-written, I might
3: <laughs>
2: I mean, that took a turn. I didn't see that. I thought it was just about a spider. I did not realize that we were going to talk about boobs being
0: squished in an air
2: vest. <laughs> we we'll be That's honest. Great.
0: After the beginning of the show, we needed this today.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. So how big is
0: that spider? Oh, those spiders I don't, I don't get huge. And this time of year is spider season. So we have spider season. You cannot walk from here to the barn without hitting spider webs. And the, the banana spiders are yellow, just like it sounds, and they get to be about half the size of your palm. Um, so if, and they, they, uh, they weave these very elaborate webs that can go 10 feet between trees. So I don't know how they do it. We were just discussing this the other night. I don't know how they get from one tree to the other to start the web. And then they make these huge webs. So when you go through one, the other problem with banana spider webs is they're sticky. They're very sticky. This is the
2: orb spider here in Oklahoma. It sounds exactly the same. Oh, it's, it makes me wonder. Yeah. It's like. From one tree that's ten feet away I, from another I don't tree, get And it. do they just go kamikaze? Go,
0: yeah, <laughs> <And> <laughs> like a like bungee cord? I don't know jump? that was. Must be how they do it.
2: How on earth do they do it? Are they like fly? I just, I don't get it. How do you get across back
0: and forth? <laughs> I don't know, but some of these webs are elaborate and you do not want to be. That's the reason that everybody kind of shows up late for trail rides this time of year in the forest. It's because there's a thousand webs. So you don't want to be the first guy going through. <laughs> you, know, you, want to be, you want to be the last guy going through. You but want
2: the, to know a little <laughs> bit about how I handle trail riding here in the woods.
0: Yeah. Farm boy. Oh, you sent farm boy first. Farm boy's first. Because he's tall. He'll get all of them.
2: He's tall. And I like I, this past weekend, I went on a trail ride and I said, Farm boy, you're first. I don't call him that to his face. I just call him that on the air. Farm boy's <laughs> first. And then next is going to be uh, my friend Larissa. And I was like, and I'll go last on my 15 hand Mustang being 5'3. Are you Bye.
0: telling me he hasn't quit yet?
2: He's still coming.
0: <laughs> I wrong? don't know why. What's wrong with him?
2: I don't know. Does he know he coming. can quit?
0: I mean, it's not for—he's not getting college credit for this.
2: He's not getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> he
0: just comes out. Anybody that puts up with like, you—that's not getting paid—that's uh, just a miracle.
2: I know. And then he actually asked for some extra work. He asked Chad. He was like, "He's like, I need some money for my truck. Do you have anything to do around here?" And Chad was like, "What's your arrangement with Jake?" I was like, "He don't get paid. <laughs> I don't pay him." <laughs> hush!
0: <laughs> God, I hope he doesn't find out about this show. All our fun will be ruined.
2: I uh, you know. I don't... You know, it's so weird to, to have a conversation and not mention, oh, on the show, I'll just say, I was telling my friend about this thing, and I'm trying. One day, he's going to come by and be like, farm boy, huh? Really?
0: <laughs> okay. Does he but have a right sense now, of humor, I hope? Does he
1: have...
2: You know, I don't know. I mean, he has to if he's around me for this long, but like... He's so quiet and, you know, gentlemanly Texas that I don't know if he, I don't know. I think he's <laughs> all right. It'd be all right. I mean, he keeps coming back. So And I'm still me. Like, I'm me all the time. This is me.
0: Yeah, by the way, I will vouch for that. She is her all the time. This is not made up for the show. It's pretty much just the way it is.
2: Like, I tell yeah. people who know me, I'm like, don't listen to the show. It's too much me. <laughs> Nobody needs that much me, except for me. And my, I, I get tired of me. So,
0: (laughs) you know what everybody should be thinking about though, Jamie? Uh, what? They should be thinking about new winter blankets, because, you know, your horse has destroyed the ones from last year. I mean, they're gone. They're just, they have holes in them. You've been saying for five years now, as every hole develops, I'm going to replace that next year, at the beginning of the year. I'm going to do it at the beginning of the year. I'm not going to wait till February. And then you don't, and February comes around, there's three more holes, and pretty much, your horse doesn't even have a blanket anymore. So now that I've made you feel really guilty, I want you to head over to StateLineTech.com because on the homepage there, click on the WeatherBeat banner, and all the new Weatherbeater blankets are out, so you will find them the over new there.
2: Blanket for Dave. Oh. Dave is awful huge, like he's ginormous. Well, let me so. see. He'd probably
0: be an eighty-six then, huh? Probably
2: Eighty-four, eighty-six. And yeah. I only like the ones with the high <coughs> neck. So, do they have any of those? Yes,
0: okay? Weatherbeeta has those. They have a really cool patterns this year too. They have some Southwest patterns. Weatherbeater always trying to come out with new colors and patterns every year. So they have some Southwest Wait, patterns.
2: Cotton in second. Let me stop you. Yes? The Weather Beta, Comfitec, Combo Neck, Medium, and the thing that I buy, I've paid 120 every year for these. And they're on sale for
0: $94.
2: Oh, Lord, buying blankets.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. My favorite thing. Uh, oh, they go to $87. you are in luck. <laughs> You're in luck. And you get a choice of navy, silver, red, or navy, silver, red. Um, I,
2: I, you know, I was hoping to get Navy Silver Red. Perfect.
0: There it is, 94 <laughs> bucks in size 87, and you got the monster fixed right there.
2: Oh, my gosh. I'm get your blankets now,
0: though, all the weather-beated ones out. Now, I will say that we are – I have been reading, on, and I'm, the reason I'm bringing this up is don't wait to buy your stuff this year. If you need winter stuff, buy it now because there still are – Very serious delays in getting stuff in from China and overseas. I don't know if you've seen that there's about a 100 cargo ships sitting off of the ports in in, uh, L.A. And I have seen on the retailer's page on Facebook, I'm, I'm a member of that, they've all been complaining that their shipments aren't coming in. So if you see something in stock that you want, I don't care what it is, Christmas presents, buy them early. Um, electronics are going to be tough this year. Some horse stuff is tough to get. So definitely head on over to dot com and shop today. Don't put it off is what I'm telling you for this winter because those supply chain problems haven't slowed down.
2: I gotta get more than just one. It's like it's free. It's like fifty (laughs) dollars off. Okay. Not you, whatever. They must have then you get twenty five percent off or thirty percent off orders over one twenty nine. I gotta buy two.
0: And the uh (laughs) there's three pages of New Weather Video Blankets. They keep adding to their lineup every year. Good company. I, we have WeatherBita blankets. We've used them for years. Ever since We were one of the first retailers when we had our tech shop way back 20 years ago. When weatherbeta came to the United States for the first time, we were at the trade show there. We bought the blankets, and we were one of the first ones to sell it. So you buy two or more. I'm Each one very familiar the with dot <laughs> StatelineTech.com. All right. This health segment is brought to you by Purina Equine Sr.
3: Well, I tracked down this lovely gentleman after a press release came across my Facebook feed, and it's Chris Lawler from International Health Products, and he is down under, so thanks for taking a little bit of time out of your early morning to discuss with me something called BioWorma. In a nutshell, what does BioWorma do, and why do horse people care?
4: Okay, so BioWorma is its a natural product. It's based on flagrans*, which is a spore that was isolated from pasture and uh, when you feed it to a grazing animal like a horse um, it has no effect at all on the horse itself but it consumes the um, uh, nematodes in the manure so nematodes are the the worms or the the larvae of the worms in the larva of the grazing animal so, one of the issues you have with, with horses, because I eat grass, when they also eat grass, they pick up lava and the lava then becomes um, an infestation within their gut. Now, the
3: first thing I thought of when I saw this is what human being first had this moment that said, oh, hey, let's see if we can't find a fungus that'll get rid of these worms. What, who <laughs> thinks of that?
4: Well, there's some very, very clever people at CSIRO. There's about 5,000 people that work for CSIRO in Australia. Um, And, I mean, somebody decided that uh, we had to get away from chemicals. Uh, What was the alternative? They knew that these um, spores and fungi were on pasture, um, but it was a long process of working out that they actually could do something that was useful raising animal, in this case a horse.
3: Like a horse. So... You have this fungi that you have, through years and years of research, figured out that you can feed it to a grazing animal, a horse, a cow, a dog, an alpaca, a goat, and the manure that is deposited in the pasture by that grazing animal is not going to develop viable parasite larvae that are going to reinfect our animal. Is that kind of
4: it in a nutshell? It's it's sort of it's sort of right. So basically, what happened is the, the contamination point, the point where the animals get in, uh, infected by larvae, is pasture. So when we worm an animal, we remove the worms from the gut of the animal, but we that doesn't have any impact on what's going on on the pasture. So now we have a product that works um, with uh, not directly on the pasture, but within the manure. So when what we're doing is the fungus actually consumes by um, lassoing them and, and literally eating them in the, in the manure, so they don't get the opportunity to get back on the pasture. So we're creating that that break in infection.
3: So as a horse owner, I'm going to I have four horses in my eight acre field, and I'm yep. going to feed my horses BioWorma, and typically I would go out there and clean up those piles of manure once a week and put them in my manure heap which is then carried away by the commercial manure removal company is it no longer required that i don't need to bother doing that because it can no longer create a parasite risk because because what i'm thinking of is it works a little does it work like the excuse me the little wasp parasites that we use here that the little wasp lays its egg inside the Larva. If there's no manure, then the wasps can't do their job. If there's no manure in your field, it's, oh, the, the well, fungus is only in the manure. So it doesn't matter if you keep cleaning your manure out of your field. It's not going to keep it from working. Well,
4: yeah, in theory, in time, and we, we really don't know the answer, um, but in theory, in time, yes, if you've got 100% of the manure, and it was it was it had been um, the, the fungus had done its job and 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 consumed the parasites within the within the manure, and you'd removed it all from it. In theory, yes, you'll let, one you'll end up with um, less manure on pasture, uh, two you'll end up with less parasites on pasture, and three you'll reduce the amount of chemical usage because you won't need to worm anywhere near as often.
3: Now, is this fungus? particular about what kind of internal parasites it gets rid of because I know with dewormers when we give our horse a dewormer each dewormer chemical class will kill different species of worms at different rates is the is the fungus particular in any way or is it just in general nematodes
4: well the the, the, the fungus won't have any effect at all on tapeworms But um, again, a lot of the chemicals um, have developed resistance or multi-resistance. And this is the reason why, I mean, I'm not 100% sure in the US, but definitely in Australia, we have multiple chemicals in in each product. I know in in a number of situations in the US, you you have a single active, but we generally have at least two actives, in some cases, three actives. So it's the combination of more than one active that, that, that works. So if, for example, you use ivermectin, um, a lot of the products we have here will also have praziquantel. So praziquantel works on the tapeworm. Um, the ivermectin works on the, the other bro- – it's a broad-spectrum wormer. Mm-hmm. The only exception to that class or that group of chemicals is what they call ascarids. So ascarids or um, you, re- you can't you can't rely on ivermectin. it just doesn't work on ascarids. nor does um, um and there there are other mectins in those classes um, as well it's, uh, that simply it has no effect at all with with asperides. so then you've got to go to a, a BZ uh, like um, oxfendazole or fenbendazole to have any effect on ascarids. or marantil is another one mm
1: hmm
3: so this this product was really developed with the idea that it's going to be an adjunct to thoughtful deworming procedures to help yeah, um, bridge that gap between the effectiveness of the dewormer and the developing resistance?
4: Yes. Well, the, the resistance is already there. It's past the development stage. Um, the, the, the really, the only thing we can do on a resistance level is slow it down. But the one thing I would say very clear, clearly to your listeners is to um, to incorporate fecal egg counts. So in other words, do a fecal egg count, work out does my horse need worming. Now, if it has less than two, say 300 eggs per gram, I wouldn't be worming that horse. And if I had, as you've just stated, you've got four horses on eight acres, I would do fecal egg counts on those four horses and work out which ones if any of them have actually got worms. And then if you don't need to worm, then don't worm. And if you can worm every three months or every six months, and certainly in older horses, older horses may only need worming once a year. It's young horses that have the problem. Those animals say between three months of age and two years. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that are developing immunity. And this is the other issue that's really important, is that we allow these animals to develop immunity Mm -hmm. because they need time this concept of, of eliminating every worm every time, which has been um, some companies are out there making these sort of statements, is completely and utterly wrong. If we get rid of 90% of the worms and that young, that foal or that weanling or that yearling can develop its own immunity and handle the other 10%, it's going to get stronger. And that's really the, the whole the whole idea of doing it. So we don't want to rely on chemicals. What we want to do is allow the animal to, to live with um, worms, but also to, and where we need to um, intervene, we can.
3: Right, right. So does the fungi that is in the biowormer, whose yep. name I don't know how to pronounce properly, can you say it again, please?
4: Duddingtonia flagrants.
3: Those guys. Is that something that is active regardless of the weather, or is it something that is only active when the weather is in certain temperature ranges?
4: Really has not a lot to do with the weather. The only influence the weather has is once you get down to, say, 40 degrees Fahrenheit, below that level, the um, worms become less active. And because the worms are less active, so is the fungi. So basically, as long as it's warm above 40 degrees Fahrenheit and above, and you've got, um, basically, if you can see the grass growing, so during spring, for example, uh, summer months and autumn, where you can see rapid growth because you've got enough rainfall, etc., you've got enough humidity, etc., then that's the time when there'll be the most worm activity
3: so it would make sense that if you live in the northern parts of the united states where you have frost and frozen ground for 60 or 90 days straight it wouldn't make any sense to actually use it because the nah. temperatures are going to be way below where those but that okay it would maybe that makes perfect sense then so it's going to be a seasonal thing for some people in the united yes. states because we have such varied weather patterns here
4: yep so, so the southern parts of the U.S., which are longer and hotter and, and closer to the equator, you're going to have more worm activity than you right. are in the northern part of the, the U.S.
3: Yeah, the, the southern part of the United States, all, all, all the creatures are here and they're all trying to kill us. We're just used to it. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all here. Um, so the availability of bioworma is relatively new in the United States. Is that correct?
4: Yes, yes, but we have, we have stock. Um, we, there's a company called Premier One in Iowa, Washington, Washington, Iowa. Um, they have um, products. If you just go onto their website, you can see uh, liver Mold with BioWormer.
3: Well, thank you very much, Chris. I appreciate you coming on and explaining to me exactly how fungus in our horse's horse feed is going to help out the worm problem.
4: Thank you very much, Jennifer, and thanks very much for you, to your listeners for taking the time.
2: Do you have an older horse that's trying to age gracefully? Trust the future with your old friend to the number one equine vet recommended senior feed. Purina Equine Senior and Senior Active Horse Feeds are backed by unparalleled research to support the unique needs of horses as they age. Both patented feeds include the Active Age prebiotic technology to support optimal immune function, mobility, and appropriate metabolic response in aging horses. Plus, now without last supplement built in, they also support your horse's gastric health and comfort. Purina Animal Nutrition, they're years ahead in senior research, so you can have more good years with your horse. Put their research to the test at horseinnovation.com.
0: Well, coming up next, we have our Black Reigns guest of the month, and she is Noelle King. Noelle King is founder and president of Judge My Ride and Style My Ride. Judge My Ride is a place where equestrians can upload videos or photos of themselves and their horses for feedback from top international Grand Prix riders or USEF judges. And Style My Ride is equestrian fashion site where they have their own line of boots with interchangeable tops created by De Niro Boot Company in Italy. And if you've ever been to a trade show and seen De Niro boots, they're absolutely stunning. So uh, let's get no- Noel on. Hi, Noel. Thank you for joining us today.
5: You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. So tell us
0: about Judge
5: My Ride. Well, Judge My Ride is an idea I have had you know, kind of batting around in my head for a long time. So I called somebody who I knew was a great Grand Prix rider and a brilliant coach and thought, you know, and checked with some other uh, big riders, see what they thought of the idea, because nobody had done anything like it to that point. And everybody loved it. And so I just started a you know, first on a Facebook page, you know, when I started the page, I happened to be traveling across the country to go visit my best friend and her husband. And when I left, we were at about a hundred followers. And so as I made my way to, uh, Nevada where they lived, by the time I landed, we were at a thousand followers and this was just the first day. Um, so <laughs> I knew then that, um, we had, we had something that touching, uh, accord with the equestrian community. Um, And it's just exploded ever since. And, you know, we got, it got to the point where we had, you know, we would do trivia like on Thursdays because our followers were just so interactive and they just love being able to speak with our judges and riders, Grand Prix riders um, directly and getting that feedback and interaction directly. And so we would do things like trivia, which was so fun, you know, because, and it also, uh, that, that helped garner a following as well because we were paying homage to the you know to the people who built our sport and educating the young people who may not have you know heard of of you know these people who who paved the way for them and and gave them reverence for the you know the the riders who made and horses that made our sport great so so um, noelle what do what do people
0: do like if i wanted to submit a video is there a cost how does it work
5: well Judge my ride is free We used to have a website. We've turned it off right now while we, you know, reconfigure things, but you can still get evaluations by submitting them directly to our Facebook page. You can do a video or a photograph, and we also take submissions on Instagram. They can just DM us on Instagram, and one of our team members will take the photo and Um, or the video and tell the judge a little bit about, you know, the horse and rider who are submitting it and post it and ask for uh, one of our judges to come and give comment. And, um, and then once we do, once that, once the the judge is able to go and give evaluation, we share those finished evaluations on all of our social media, you know, send those evaluations out with a little highlight of what the, what the judge had to say about the horse and rider. And um, it's been very gratifying um, to, uh, you know, not only help, you know, riders who are, you know, af- effectively, you know, and successfully showing, but we also, you know, we've, we've helped the grassroots all the way up to, we've had like Olympic riders, like, like Ashley Bond send us videos because she, she's such a, uh, a great girl anyway, but it's, it's just that kind of a community where, you know, no one's going to be, um, Mean? Too early on. Yeah, no, or mean, yeah. Like the rest of Facebook, you mean? <laughs> is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> hey, t- yes, I'm,
0: I'm looking at some of them actually on your page, and I went to Judge My Ride on Facebook, is where you go. Just search for that and you'll find it. But I, I'm looking at some of them, and one of the things that impressed me about the judge's comments is how in-depth they are. I mean, it, it's paragraphs. Yeah. It's not just two sentences, hey, I like your pony and you should put your heels down. Um, it's, you know, it's really in-depth about, uh, every one of these comments is very in-depth.
5: Oh, well, thank you so much. Uh, um, my uh, business partner uh, now is a, a man named Kevin McGinn out in California. And, you know, he he studied with the greats and always wants to um, not only educate the riders, uh, you know, about what's going on in that particular photo or video that they're submitting, but he does like to relate it to, you know, famous writers and, and greats in the sport like Stein Krauss and, um, and other writers that have influenced him, uh, as he came up. And, um, and so he does, he, he, he puts everything into every evaluation. And, and then we have another excellent writer named, uh, Sarah Ward Rupp who has been uh, helping judge also. Um, And we've had uh, some amazing guest judges over the years, and it's just been, um, you know, fun, fun progression. And we do other disciplines, too. We've had dressage uh, guest judges, Grand Prix dressage riders and eventers, Olympic eventers. And um, we eventually want to get into some more Western as well. It's very cool.
0: Yeah, I I, I love this, and it, the I don't know how you're doing it for free, but but it's the only thing in <laughs> it's the only thing in the whole horse world that's free, except for our show. We're free too, but uh, <laughs> I think this is a great, and I love the comments I've been reading down through them, and they're very positive and upbeat. Um, you know, Kevin especially he's he does a great job with this.
5: Come so on, thank you so much.
0: There's another one that you do that I'm interested in. Uh, you know, I started out in the tack world. I was uh, had a store and consulted with many of the tack companies in my first careers here in the horse world. Uh, so style. Yes, yeah. Yes. So I know De Niro boots. Um, style my yes, ride. Uh-huh. What is style my ride?
5: Well, style my ride. I thought of. I actually I used to be in, in the tack world myself. I was I was a rep in the industry. Um, and, uh, after I started judge my ride, and as I mentioned, we would do things like trivia and our followers were so interactive, I, you know, we, I wanted to come up with more ideas to keep them entertained. Um, and I've always loved, uh, you know, fashion and of course, equestrian fashion and loved how equestrian fashion influenced influenced the real fashion world and big designers. Um, and, uh, I just thought it would be, um, a neat idea to kind of combine the two worlds and, um, uh, you know, do, you know, photo shoots, which would sort of feature the, you know, the different brands and what they have coming out each season. And then we often mix it with, um, we'll either mix mix it with vintage designers. We'll do, you know, we can do all the way from, you know, au courant, you know, high fashion or, or just, you know, keep it in the, in, you know, sort of the the uh, mainstream. What I like, what we like to do is, is put together looks sometimes that end up in influencing the equestrian fashion world where they'll, based some of their new lines on ideas that we've pulled in from, from you know, the kind of the current fashion world uh, itself. So, um, and we use real equestrian models and, um, and it's been very, very well received. And then our De Niro boots, um, I had this idea about a, um, a riding boot where you could change the top of the boot so that you could accent it with different colors, but always go back to a black boot, so your trainer would be happy, <laughs> or, or you know, one one color boot, um, but still be able to have fun for the riders who who um, you know do things like jumpers and upper level dressage, and um, or, or just want to have a fun top to um, uh, you know to to accent their boots, and um, and so when I was choosing the brand um, to develop uh, this idea, um, and the brand that I want of boots that we wanted to sell. Um, I consulted my father who used to be a, uh, he was the vice president of a big thread company, uh, in the industry. Um, and he used to sell to, um, big designers in Europe, um, like the, um, like Louis Vuitton and Hermes. And, um, so he knew, he knows how, great things are made and luxury brands. And so when, he, when I was looking at the different brands, like these people, they make things like the luxury brands do every stitch is perfect. Everything about this brand. And I'm just like, I, I, I agree, dad, I think this is the brand that I want. So um, I reached out to De Niro and it's been a very, very happy partnership ever since. <laughs> well, it
0: is very cool. And you can see, where can they see that? Uh, is, do you have a website for the boots?
5: Uh, we do. Yes. It's stylemyride.net and that's another, we're, we're, we, we just happened to schedule this at a time. I'm redoing all my website. Okay. Um, but yes, we're, um, I've, but Style my ride is up right now. Um, and we're, we're, uh, we're, um, re- revamping the, the pages and the sales pages and everything. But if anybody wants to, um, you know, order online, um, they can either, you know, email us at stylemyride12 at gmail.com or, uh, and we can schedule Zoom sessions. Um, and, of course, I'm here in Georgia, so I also I often go to farms and, you know, um, and this weekend I'm going to the big regionals in, in Conyers uh, where I'll have a booth with, with De Niro booth. Can, can you uh, stop over
0: house. to Oklahoma and visit my uh, co-host who needs a style makeover? Uh, can you do that?
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It is true. I, I was gonna argue. To
0: you were gonna argue there for a minute, but then she. You know. Anytime
2: anybody uses the word high fashion and they're not making a joke, I could use their help.
1: <laughs> Noelle, thank you for
0: joining us. We appreciate it. We'll put links to all of it in our show notes as well. And we want to thank uh, every all the gang over at Black Rains uh, Magazine for helping with this segment every month. Thanks for stopping by, Noel.
5: Thank you so much for having me. Great right. to meet you both. All right. Bye-bye. Thank
0: I thought for a moment you would argue, but... <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, I I thought about it and then I thought.
0: Yeah, I she know? was using terms that neither one of us knew, so it was like, yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe we don't know a little bit about fashion, but there is there is a lot of links and a lot of beautiful stuff, and De Niro boots are absolutely gorgeous. I mean, <laughs> if, if you can afford to get De Niro boots, uh, you are you are doing well, and you will look very well, very good. And what she's talking about is a little piece on the outside of the boot; they actually make removable, so uh, on the top outside. Yeah. That's yeah. And th- I, I didn't know that she was one of the ones that helped start that. I've seen that at shows and it's, it's really neat. Well, we've been using Wintech saddles at our farms for over 20 years. Wintech has always made riding easy and comfortable, combining world leading innovations and high tech materials. The saddles are lightweight and weatherproof. To clean them, throw them on a fence and hose them off. Some new things that you're seeing in the latest batch of Wintechs, a saddle flap that contours around your horse, giving your thigh improved contact softer panels that mold in and around your horse's working muzzles, new modern look with the choice of a pop of color. And if you have a high-withered horse, they now have a saddle for you, high-wither all-purpose. They also have the new Wintech 2000 wide all-purpose and the new Wintech Pro wide dressage. You can see the full range or you you can see the full range at their website or you can find their, your local retailer there if you want to sit in one, visit wintech-saddles.com. That's WinTech-Saddles.com.
1: Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race. In Jamie's weird news.
2: That's right. I have weird news as usual. It was sent in by some wonderful uh, listeners that you know it, they're perusing their news feed and and maybe see a story that they're like, "Wow, that's weird." And then they send it to me, Jamie at horseradionetwork.com, network.com with weird news in the subject line. So I can keep it separate, um, from all the complaints. So I either get weird news or complaints so I appreciate you guys sending it in. Jenny, Laureen, Rochelle, Lindsay, Rachel, and Allie also sent in some new, but how you had it last time. So <laughs> not this week. I redact my saying your name, out. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, anyway, these people sent the weird news, and uh, let me tell you, you guys brought it pretty strong this week. I don't tell you who sent what because it's nobody's business where they're getting their news. However, I will send. Oh, there's an advertisement on this one, for a Tim McGraw concert. Okay, um, put that in my pocket. Uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, I'm distracted by a. Tim McGraw with tight pants and a shirt on. All right, so this one is um, this is fantastic because this happened in Ankara, Turkey, and uh, this is a Turkish man who joined a search party for a missing person, and his name is Behan Mutlu, and he's 51. And he went drinking with his friend in the town of Inogol, northwest Turkey, late, late Tuesday. And uh, his wife uh, reported him missing and he did not return home. And it turns out he had walked away from his friend drunk. And so rescue teams were called in to find him. And um, he was in the search party. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, oh, you guys are looking for somebody? Let me (laughs) help you. And so he joins the search party and searches all Night long because he came across the members in the morning of the search party. He ended up sleeping in a house in the forest. Woke up, saw everybody looking for him, and then he was like, "I'll help you guys find somebody." And he walks around for hours. <laughs> and after a while, said they finally said they, they were looking for somebody named Bayhan Mootlu. And he said, "I broke into a cold sweat when I heard my name." <laughs> I told him. <laughs> He said, "I told them I was Behan Mutlu, but they continued to search. They didn't believe me. They did not believe me." He said he was part of the search team for for all all morning long. And he was like, "Y'all, oh, that's me." And they were like, "Whatever, we're moving on." Yeah. So this guy joined his own search party to help find. I didn't believe himself. the
0: drunk guy because. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, like, it's, like, it's funny.
5: Who would do that?
2: All right, we're gonna head. Over to North Dakota, one of our favorite towns in North Dakota, Fargo. And um, there was a man named Bill Fisher. And he came home from a four-day work trip earlier this month. And he went to go use his work truck. And it turns out in his work truck is completely filled with black walnuts. Walnuts that are about the size of a lime. These are ginormous. Walnuts.
0: They're really good and too.
2: He, he said they were t- black walnuts, by the way, I believe are toxic for horses, so don't give it to me. Um, mm-hmm. The walnuts were tucked into every nook and cranny of his Chevy, including the engine compartment, the <laughs> fenders. He had to remove seven of those like six gallon buckets. He had to remove
0: can seven. I, can I guess? Can I guess? Can I guess? Can I guess? Ahead. Can I, guess? I mean, obviously. I'm going to guess either ex wife or squirrels.
2: It would have been better if it was the first one, but it was squirrel. (laughs) And, um, he's, he posted on Facebook that walnuts were tucked into every nook and cranny of his Chevy. He said, I had to pull the fenders off and clean all the walnuts out. And I thought I had them all and took off down the road, turned the corner and one rolled across the windshield where the wipers go. They were everywhere. And he says, you know what? To be honest, this ain't the first time. He said the red squirrels have been using his truck to store walnuts every time, I guess they get every two years the nuts come out, since 2013. He said, I've got other vehicles that sit very close to that tree, and it's always my truck. I even parked (laughs) it out on the street as far away as I can from the walnut tree, and they still go find it and hide it in there. He said, over the years, he has learned to deal with the squirrely behavior. He knows when the walnuts fall off the tree, and it's time to check the engine. He also (laughs) basically... (laughs) Doesn't matter what car it is. He said this year, though, the squirrels set a record. The most I've ever pulled out was four or five, six gallon buckets. This time it was seven. Um, God. <laughs> I, I mean, that's an insane amount of walnuts. Already, to put in to a move
0: chop- or do something about the squirrels. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I mean, my thing was like, did he hide them somewhere else for the squirrels to like find them, or did he eat <laughs> them, or what happened? He said, he said the squirrels' cache won't be completely gone because he said I have some rolling all around the frame and rails that I can't get at.
0: <laughs> so uh, you know, what? I'd be cutting down there. every damn tree in the property.
1: <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I mean, the- there's
2: the photos of this are insane they are everywhere do you when you open up the the hood of your car there's like the front of the engine and then there's the grill they've stuck so many walnuts in between the front and the inside the grill he had to take that whole he has to take the whole front piece off like he has to take the whole thing apart to get nuts out
0: you know you were right when ingested black walnuts can cause laminitis and colic how it's not the walnut though it's a particular mold found within the husk of the nut
2: Mm, doesn't it, matter. I, I'm terrified of it
0: black. causes I liver hear black cure cancer. Yeah, you're right. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I know some things because I've been doing this game it's show amazing for years.
0: It's amazing.
2: All right, last one, and we got to end strong. And this time, we're going to go to Northern California. And I really <laughs> I don't know what to say about this because it's so crazy. And I'm looking at her mugshot and Drugs are bad, people. You learn nothing else from the show. Drugs are bad. Okay. A woman is accused of arson for one of the wildfires in North Carolina. Why did she start a fire? She's from Palo Alto. She admitted that she was starting. She started a fire because she needed to to boil a liquid to purify it, and um, it said she was. She said she was at first unable to start a fire, continued on her hike, but then contact she contacted authorities when she saw smoke. This is the fawn fire that she has started. She faces nine years in federal prison for if convicted of starting the fawn fire and because California's in a state of emergency and she pled not guilty and she's like, I didn't do it. But she was hiking in the woods, Glenn, and why did she need to boil some liquid? Don't know because she needed to make sure that it was, you know, free of bacteria, I guess. <laughs> and she found a puddle of bear urine and she decided to start a fire because she needed to boil the bear urine. That's right. She says that she was trying to relieve her thirst when she found a puddle that contained the animal's bodily liquid. And to purify it, she tried boiling what she collected.
0: What is wrong with you? (laughs) First of all, how would you know it's bear urine unless you saw the bear actually take a pee?
2: Well, that's my first question. There's so many (laughs) questions that go along with this. First of all why do you know that it was bear urine were you close enough to see a bear take a pee and you're like scurrying over with what container are you trying to bury it to, to, to collect it in did you tell them could you pee pee in this please thank you this a little bowl uh how do you collect urine on the ground doesn't it just soak right in like there's so many questions this fire has burned uh 8,595 it
0: did arrest her right yeah Yes,
2: yeah. she has been arrested, and she faces nine years in federal Are they charging prison. her with
0: stupidity? Or,
2: <laughs> um, She said that they found her emerging from the woods with a lighter in her pocket. She seemed dehydrated and needed medical attention. She said she was hiking to Canada. <laughs> Drugs are bad, people. <laughs>
1: Man, you
0: are one pathetic loser. Okay, I'm going with that for this one because I don't know what yeah. else to say yeah
2: it's all good there i have you go. nothing
0: else with that one
2: that I, is your weird news for the week people a guy joined his own prison uh own uh <laughs> what's the what's the word search he, party he, he, yeah search
0: party he yeah. joined
2: his own search party another guy had squirrels and then this guy this girl was trying to yeah boil that's, a, that's a
0: good batch uh hey uh, tomorrow Wendy's here with the driving show, brand new driving show for you. And then we're going to do some really bad ads on Friday. So get your ads into com. Also, Stable Scoop Roundtable is back. Uh, we have the Roundtable back, this time working with the American Horse Publications. We have some journalists on. And one of the hosts here on the Horse Radio Network is joining us, Mandy, who we spent the weekend with. It's a lot of fun. She'll be here tomorrow night. This is Thursday night at 7.30. It'll be on all the Facebook pages, including the Auditor page as a Facebook Live. And then we'll be putting out an audio on the Stable Scoop feed. So look for that tomorrow night. We haven't done a live one in a while, so you'll find that. And uh, auditors hang on because uh, we're just going to be talking about a little f- uh, first world problems coming up. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for putting up with us. See y'all.
2: They neuter Gallant, everybody.